How we doing? We all right? I can see everybody. Mr. Tom, how are you, sir? All right, great. Hey, thank you uh, for allowing me to be here. Man, John is, is, everything John says goes back the same way. So we learned how to be accountability partners. We learned how to um, get through the rough things and the good things together. So that's special. Thank you, Miss Sarah. Leon back there, just not paying attention to me. That's good. Um, but um, I'm glad to be here. I love being here. I pray for you guys a lot. I pray for you guys a lot because I have a picture of John and I on my desk, right, where I do most of my daydreaming. So when I'm not daydreaming, I pray. So uh, John already prayed for us, so let's jump right in and talk about some things. But uh, John said you guys have been going through uh, First Thessalonians, and which is exciting. And let me admit from the beginning, most of the week I've been studying the wrong scriptures <laughs> I've been studying 1 through 8, which you did last week, instead of 9 through 12. So, uh, but I got a lot out of both of them, so hopefully that will help me um, say what God wants to say to us tonight. So let me get started. And what's up there? Anything? No? There we go. All right. All right. So let's start with that. And that's just a question for us to think about through the whole uh, time we have here tonight is are we hiding behind our Bibles? You know, we come to youth group, we, we hopefully we go to church, hopefully we're praying over things and things like that. Hopefully most of us, if not all of us, consider ourselves and try to live a Christian lifestyle. So the first thing we need to do in a Christian lifestyle is understand what God is saying to us through his word. So yes, we're supposed to pick up the Bible, we're supposed to pick up the word, we're supposed to use our phones or whatever we have, apps or whatever, Bible apps we have, version, Bible Gateway, any of those, to uh, find out what God is saying to us. But God says, I know he says in his word that we have to come from behind our Bibles and go out into this crazy world that needs us so much. All right, so that's some of the things we want to talk about tonight. So slide, please. Okay, so can somebody read that out loud for us, please? This one right here next to you? She can do it? She volunteered you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, stop. Read the address first, I'm sorry. Where I come from, I learned the address is where you can find the scripture, just like you have a home address, so does this scripture. So, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. I know, right? Thank you. Thank you very much. So, as Paul was talking, all right, he was trying to help everybody understand, and, and who he was talking to was Christians, okay? And I'll show you that piece 
in this scripture right here in a minute. But who he's talking to was people who already believed. All right. So just like us, we come to church because hopefully we believe that this is a better way or the best way to get in right relationship with Jesus Christ. So we come here. We have fun. You know, we do the little twisty things and, and the nine square and all that. But we're coming actually, hopefully, to hear God and hear his word when we do that. So think about this. It wasn't that they would do this once or twice, okay? Because verse 9, if you look up there, it says, Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardships. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. Now look at this. What they said was we tried to make our own income and work. But in the beginning, it says, surely you remember. So if you remember something, you've either seen it or you have heard it. And in their community, most of the time, you see what people are doing during their daily walk. And what they're saying is we're working hard so the gospel can be preached. Now hear me. I don't need you to come and give me food. I don't need you to come and give me a place to live. I'm trying to do the things that I need to do in my everyday life. Hear me when I say that, in my everyday life. When the alarm goes off and you cuss at it and turn it off, okay, it's time to do what you do in your everyday life. So what they're saying is we've done everything we can so you don't have to worry about us so we can preach the gospel to you when it's time to do that. But hear this. They're doing things in preparation. Okay? It's not just I'm going to stand up here like me today. Okay, and God said this and this and this. No. When they hit that alarm clock, everything they did was for this reason. So you can get the gospel of Jesus Christ through word and in through deed. Because how many people know that you have to live a Christian lifestyle? How many people know that you have to try your best to walk with and do what Jesus is asking you to do each and every day? That's what he's saying right here. We're doing this so we can get to the word so we can all grow together, all right? So what it was was, all right, they did this all of the time for people to see, for all to see, not because, ooh, look at me, but because this is what I believe God is having us do so the gospel can go forth, so we can advance the gospel to the people who already have believed it. Now, some of the background to this is they're having a hard time. Some people are coming to them saying, hey, you need to do this if you're really, you know, I understand that Jesus is this, but you need to do this. Well, okay, well, what about this? Well, this guy over here is better. Well, look how shiny this guy is. Well, this guy is a horse. I don't know what that comes from, but there were so many different things going on in the community. You know, like John was just talking about, right? This is an idol. I know, no, it's not really, no, but it is. Anytime that you can have your phone out, you have your phone out. And I'm talking about me too. Anytime you can have this out. Why? Because I got to see what, you know, everything's going on. I got to know, okay, I got to text my friend. Why? They know you're in school. <laughs> what do you got to tell them? They know you're in school. See, so idols can be anywhere, can be anything. I got to look at this. I got to make sure, okay, I got to go do what my coach wants to do. No, 
I got to make sure I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm living a lifestyle that I can show people Jesus Christ, maybe without even saying a word. That's what we're trying to do. And that's what they were talking about. So I don't mean like once or twice. How many people went through Mission Peoria? Mission Peoria people out there? That was cool. Right? That was cool. I seen some of you at my office, didn't I think? But that was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Right? That was a great week. But that's not what he's talking about. Okay? He's talking about doing, think about doing Mission Peoria every week of the year. Okay? Working hard, getting up early, working hard, fixing, helping people repair stuff, fixing stuff, cutting grass, doing yard work, car washes, things like that. Anything that will help anybody. And then when you get done with your lunch, you go out and share the gospel in all the neighborhoods around. That's every day, all day. That's kind of what they were doing. That's the lifestyle they thought was normal. They wanted to give everything they had to advance the gospel unto Jesus Christ who deserved it. So that's what they were doing. So this has to be a lifestyle, okay? That's what you're asking Jesus to do. When you ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, all right, you're actually saying, all right, use me in any way you can to honor you and share the gospel. Use me in any way you can to honor you and share the gospel. Now think about that. Well, what about me? He says, again, in his word, he says, I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. Well, I want this, I want that. Is it what I'm asking you to do? And is it what I want or what I think is best for you? We have to understand, Jesus Christ wants the best for us. God the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are working together to show us that they want the best for us. In the beginning, when they made Adam and Eve, they loved them. When everything was going crazy in the world, Jesus came down and put on flesh. They loved us. At the end, if you read the end, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, right? I'll be with them, and, they, and I will be their God, and they will be with me. They, they want to be with us. They love us. So instead of keeping that secret, we have to figure out what we can do during the day that's going to help promote and advance the gospel. That's so important. Hopefully it's life-changing for you because it's been life-changing for a lot of us. All right? So... If you look at verse 10, it says, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you. Who? Believed. That's where the Christian part comes in. See, he wasn't just talking, he wasn't just walking down the street saying, hey, guy, come here, let me talk to you. You know, God, he wasn't doing that. If you look at verse 10 at the end, it says, to you who believe. They're already Christians. They've already made that choice. They've already given their life to God, but it's still hard. How many people are still having a hard time after giving their life to God? I raise both hands and a foot, okay? This everyday thing is hard. It's hard. And he's shown me actually last week, and I don't have time for that because that's a whole nother sermon. Last week, he put me in four different places to show me where I was as a teenager, and where I am today. And it was wonderful. And I glorified him in that because it was wonderful. But as we walk through this lifestyle, as we do this everyday thing, 
right, as we give all we have to the Lord who actually owns it anyway, we have to figure out what are we going to do. So right here in verse 10, Paul points us back to the Great Commission. How many people know what the Great Commission is? You ever heard it? Okay, let me teach you something. Next slide, please. Oh, next slide, please. Oh, next slide, please. <laughs> oh, that's not it. Okay. All right. I think it's got it. I got it in there. I think I do. So anyway, I'm looking for Matthew. Did I pass it? There you go. Thank you. I couldn't see. I was like, ah. Oh. All right. So, all right. This is the Great Commission. If you ever, ever have asked the question, what does Jesus want me to do? Or what does God want me to do? I don't understand this Jesus thing. Okay, what does he want me to do? This is what he wants me to do. This is our mission statement. This is what he wants all of us to do. All right? Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm, excuse me. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Can you see the part there I have underlined? Can somebody read that, just the underlying part for me? Read it out loud. Come on, you. And teaching them everything I have commanded you. Let me read verse 10 from Thessalonians again. You are witnesses, and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. All they were doing was following directions. All they were doing was following directions, teaching them everything that I have taught you, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those type of things is what God is asking us to do in our everyday life. Oh, so I got to go baptize somebody in a swimming pool or in, or in a bathroom or whatever every day? No. All right? But you do have to go out and just talk about what God is doing in your life. That's the biggest thing. Hey, come here. Read this scripture. No. You have to earn that first. You have to earn that in a relationship first. Read this scripture. Okay? But if you're living it out, if you actually pray over your food at lunch, and sometimes out loud, people will look at you straight. What are you doing? I'm praying. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give thanks for my food. That's what we do. Who is we? Well, my family and I, we, you know, try to follow what God, oh, that God stuff, that's just too silly. That's hard. That's stupid. That's whatever. I just think it works. Did I cuss back at people? Did I fight with people? Did I argue up and down and slam stuff and break stuff? No. My faith is, I just think it works. It's not that you have to recite Matthew 28 every time somebody asks you what's going on. It's not that you have to, wait a minute, let me go get my Bible and I'll be right back. We have to live and kind of explain what God is putting into it. It could be this much, it could be this much. But guess what? If you look at the bottom, where it starts with always, 
we don't have to do it by ourselves. That's how most of us get scared away from it because we think they're going to judge me. They're going to laugh at me. All right? They're going to call me names, all right? They're not going to like me. Guess what? God's got you. He's not going anywhere. And the power that you have anyway to share the gospel comes from God. It's hard not to take it personal when somebody says what you believe in is stupid. But guess what? All I'm supposed to do is go tell you, go teach you, help you to get to a place where we can baptize you after you confess that you love and believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross and he's coming back for us. That's where you're saved. Then you get baptized and you just telling everybody in public that I am a follower of Christ. That's what that symbolizes. Then I can go out and do what he's asking me to do. Okay, teach them. Teach them to obey everything. Well, I don't know everything. No, you don't, but you know what he's done for you, right? You know when you were sick, right? You know when you almost got in a car wreck, right? You know when you thought you were going to get an F on your paper because you didn't study and you got a C. Well, C's not that good. It's better than an F, and you didn't even study. You know, God's doing things like that. We have to recognize things like that in our lives. So I got off, but let me get back on. So basically, Paul is saying, okay, he's explaining all we have to do is follow directions that that Jesus has given us. That's all we have to do. These are the directions. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to guess. We don't have to make it sound really good. The gospel can defend itself, right? Like propaganda says, just open the cage, and he'll do what he does. But we have to be faithful. I read this thing so many times, and I want it to say, and everyone lives happily ever after. I want it to say that every time I read it, but it doesn't because everybody you're going to talk to is not going to accept what you're saying, is not going to want to listen to what you're saying. But guess what? You're being obedient to what Jesus Christ told us before he left, left earth, is that, all right? Next slide, please. All right, so 11 and 12, right? 11 and 12 says, for you know that I dealt with each of you as the father deals with their own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who called you into the, his kingdom and glory. I have children. <laughs> Let's start with that. I have six children, my wife and I. Okay? Two of them are already out of the house. Four went to, co- I mean, four. One went to college, came back. Now we're trying to get her back out of the house. Um, and then there's three. We have a junior and twins that are seniors in high school. But every day of their life, I've tried my best to be their father. I failed a lot. I failed a lot, and I bought a lot of toilet paper, which that's a whole nother sermon. But, okay, a lot of people have lived in our house with one small bathroom. And even that, 
I've had to encourage. You can only be in the shower for 15 minutes. It seems silly and it seems simple, but everything that I do, and I tell them, and I tell anybody, any teenagers that are around me, the time that you have with me, I'm trying to train you to be the person that God wants you to be. Because you can't depend on me and mom the whole time. You can't depend on me and the other leaders in the group the whole time. You're going to have to grow to a point to be a, hopefully, a positive, productive Christian citizen and go out and make a difference in the world. So yeah, I'm going to encourage you, but I'm also a wrestling coach too. Wrestling. I see you. There's a couple wrestling shirts in here. I spotted them. All right. I'm also a wrestling coach too. So if you want to do it that way, we can do it that way too. But tough love is love too. And I'm going to love you through it all. And I'm going to encourage you through it all. And I'm going to urge you, like it says, to live lives worthy of God. He deserves all of us. He deserves everything. Everything that we have, everything that we're made of comes from God. And the best plan you could ever follow is give everything back and let him do the rest. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying right here. I have to teach you. That's what John does. That's what the other leaders do. That's what the pastor of this church does. Hopefully that's what some people in your own home do. I have to urge you to live life. Well, I don't want to do that. Go make up your bed. Why? I'm just going to get back into it. I hear that all the time. Take the garbage out. It's full. Do you see the garbage is full? I'm sorry. <laughs> do you see that? But, Dad, it's not Tuesday. Garbage day is Wednesday. Boy, if you don't take that garbage out. But, <laughs> but I mean, things like that. Hopefully. And I, and, and I hope this is what he's meaning, meaning in this. Hopefully, when our children, my wife and I, when our children leave our house, they will be able to go out, establish themselves, and do everything they need to do to survive in a godly way. Again, even our children, they have to choose if they want God or not. They have to choose that. Okay? They have to choose that if they want God or not. That's everybody's single choice. They can act like it the whole time. Oh, mom and dad made us go to church and we do all that. The last four don't act like that. The first two did. But it's like, oh, I got to go to church again. I'm tired. Can I just sleep? It's Sunday. All that crazy stuff. What has to happen? Okay? I'm not really worried about my generation. Actually, even your generation. Okay, but who's going to tell your grandchildren about Jesus the Christ if they don't see it, if the generations before them don't see it in us? As soon as we hit that alarm, are we living a lifestyle worthy of God? Are we honoring God? with what he has honored us with, and that's every ability that you have. So, here's a question for you. Think about this. Who have you encouraged, comforted, or urged to live lives worthy of God? The Great Commission says that's our duty. 
if we stay like this and tell them, come over here, come over here, see what I'm reading, see what I'm doing, come over here. It doesn't say have them come. It says, therefore, go. Can you take it back to the Great Commission, please? One slide, I think. Therefore, go. Not over here, over here. Therefore, go. Some versions say, as you go. That's the lifestyle part that I'm talking about. The gospel itself, all right, doesn't need help. But as Christians, God is asking us to go out to everybody, even the people we don't like, think smell, look crazy, talk crazy, listen to strange music, look different than us, our hair is different, our shoes are different. He said all nations, that's everything. We can't leave anybody out. And all we have to do is teach and talk to them about the things that God has talked to us about. That's all I'm doing right here. I'm no holier than you. I had to study these verses before I got here tonight because I don't know this by, you know, I don't, I don't memorize this, right? That's what I'm saying. We have to make a choice every day, every day. We have to make, make the choice to say, today I'm living for you. Today I'm living for you. If it's 10 o'clock and I'm not doing so well, this hour I'm living for you, right? If I know next hour I'm getting ready to see some guys or some girls who always been talking about me or picking on me or, or want to fight me or I want to fight them or whatever, this minute I'm living for you. You might have to say that 10, 12, 20, 30, 1,000 times a day, but that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to realize he's here to help us get through what we need to get through so we can tell people the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he's helped us get through what we needed to get through. You know, we always want to get mad and run and do something to somebody and then calm down and say, Lord, help me. No, we always want to, you know, do crazy stuff, and then say, Lord, help me. Lord is there to help you. Surely I am with you. Surely. And if you don't understand God by now, he can't lie. So he's saying, I got you. I'm right here. 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 I, I have you. What you have to do is believe what I'm telling you is true, all right, and share it with others. So what Paul is saying, truthfully, right, is the hard work of the gospel is you living out in front of people. You not being ashamed to read your Bible in front of people. You praying in front of people and for people. Would your teacher freak out 
if you walked up to her one day or walked up to him one day, him one day, and said, well, not him, but all the other teachers and said, hey, Mr. or Miss so-and-so, can I just pray for you? Would they freak out? Would that be the same teacher that sent you to the dean's office about three times already this year? You know, or you didn't turn your homework in or whatever? Would your teacher freak out? Would you say, hey, man, hold on. Come back, man. Let's pray for them. Anybody in this room? Hey, let's, she having a hard day or he's having a hard day. Let's, let's pray for them. I just watched somebody get bullied. Hey, man, let's, let's, come on. Let's go talk to them. That's strange. But that's lifestyle. That's the work of the gospel. Not only can I tell you about it, I can show you. Okay? So the hard work of the gospel is us having enough confidence and peace and, and belief that Jesus is who he says he is, that we go do what he asks us to do every day. All right? Take it to the last slide, will you please? I'm here today, all right, because I believe that. This little hyper white boy from North Carolina came into our office and said, I just got out of jail, but I love Jesus. What can we do? All right? I didn't say, dude, you know, go to Young Life or go somewhere else. There's a church around the corner. I, <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said, are you really ready to go? He said, yeah, I'm ready to go. Turned his hat backwards like he normally did, and we went. That's what that looks like. It's messy at times. That was fun, actually. It was incredible. It was fun, actually. But the picture means so much to me because we have to be in the mess together. We have to be doing what Jesus wants us to do together. And anybody who comes in your midst that you haven't prayed for, just walks in your door and says, come on, let's do this. What do you think I got to do? I got to do this. And that's what it looks like. You don't know what God is going to do, but you know he's doing something. And if you believe that, and, and again, every day when you hit that alarm, if you give yourself to him, all right, he's going to show you how awesome he is. But the hard work of the gospel is not only that we have to get it to people to change lives, we have to wear it ourselves and walk in that thing and do what God asks us to do. All right? So, if you don't think it's possible, it's possible. We have similar backgrounds. Do we look like we're brothers? We are now. And that's what that means. You just got to be available. You just got to know the Great Commission and go try your best to do it each and every day. And Paul is saying, I'm going to do everything in my power to make it easier for the gospel to go forth. That's what that looks like. Come on, man. Go here. Be my energy. 
I tell them all the time, dude, you're crazy. Be my energy. I'm tired. I'm getting older. Be my energy. Guess what? There's a new generation of energy that John and everybody else is going to need. But even over that, Jesus is calling you to that. Amen? 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 Amen. Let me pray. I've been up here a long time. All right, so let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for um, this time, God. Thank you for this beautiful place, God. Thank you for making this ordinary room your temple, God. We know that uh, the church that you are calling for is not the building, it's the people. But we thank you for the buildings that we can gather in and worship you and honor you, God, with our time and our talents, Lord. So be pleased with our time, God. Uh, touch so many hearts in this room, God. Uh, plant a seed tonight, Lord, that will grow into the beauty that only you can create. Help us to uh, go out and make a difference in this world, God. Let's go mad, Lord, and help us to uh, know that it's all about you and you have us, God, because you can't lie, God. So bless John. Bless Sarah, God. Bless the team. Lord, bless uh, everyone here that's breathing in the air that you've created. We love you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen.